We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. As always, thanks for listening. Now, on to my guest for today, Richard Lau, founder of Logo.com and Resume.com. Richard started out 20 years ago registering domain names, working at home in his bunny slippers. <laughs> After growing the company to $4 million, he sold it and moved to California. But unfortunately, the deal went south, and he ended up with just a severance check. And then he had to take his wife and infant back to his home in Canada. After that, Richard took what he learned and started over. He worked for 10 years as a domain name broker, specializing in tracking down hard-to-find contacts and buying domain names that he then sold or kept for his own inventory. Eventually, he started developing websites for the domain names he bought. He and his partner built Resume.com into a full-fledged business, offering resume service and eventually selling it to Indeed. They also built up and sold Domains.com selling to the company that became GoDaddy. Richard also founded and produced a conference for domain name brokers. His current project is Logo.com, where entrepreneurs can have a logo built for free. He plans to grow the site by offering other services for businesses as they grow. Now, let's get better together. Richard Lau, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, I appreciate that. You are the co-founder and president of Logo.com, which, wow, how cool is that, that you actually got Logo.com? <laughs> I mean, very, very, uh, what a great look, uh, what a great domain name. And uh, But you not only do that, you actually do a, a lot of different uh, website brokering and stuff. And what I found really fascinating is you know, you've, you kind of found this one and said, Hey, I'm going to build something. And the coolest thing is, is that you can launch your brand with a free logo. Like that's yeah. the tagline. <laughs> and 
for entrepreneurs of all stripes, all business owners, we obviously all need logos and stuff. But what's interesting is just like more than that, which we'll get dig into and your background and everything. But before we get into all that, as I always like to say, you know, my standard question, the softball one, if you will, which all my questions are softball anyway, but uh, why don't you uh, tell us how you got to do what you're doing today? All right. Well, this could take, this is a four hour podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> more, more like an eight hour uh, podcast. Right? All right. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll try and shorten it down because the story actually starts like 20 years ago. Okay. Um, when I was, I, I was, um, fell into registering domain names. Um, a friend of a friend was doing it and, and I was talking to them. And, and so I started registering domain names, um, helped other people. I built a, a website, a web form that you could search for a domain name. And then um, it, my, my form would submit it in and um, have the, the domain name that you registered, um, um, you know, resolved to my, my DNS name servers. And then I would upsell people. Um, all the service was free. And then my, my contribution would be that if you wanted to, you could pay $50 and I would set up email forwarding and website forwarding and, you know, uh, got listed in Yahoo. Um, and I was literally working from home in my bunny slippers, which was, were bought for me as a joke. Um, and, you know, doing four figures a day in revenue and, um, you know, it was it was astounding to go from zero to 100 miles an hour. Um, and then, you know, one thing led to another. I became I set up a, my own registrar, merged that in with a company in California, which completely went south. Um, and so I basically lost a four million dollar company and left with a severance check. Oh, wow. Um, came back to Canada uh, with tail between my legs and started over. And instead of starting over in, in the in doing exactly the same thing, I was like, what are, what were the people I was selling shovels to? What what were they doing? And they were buying and selling domain names. Um, and I was, I, you know, I was the one helping them register domains. And so people helped me uh, get into that business, like the clients that I'd been servicing for uh, for a number of years showed me what they were doing. I was like, wow, you get to work from home. You don't have, you know, I, you know, you don't have three offices in different time zones around around the the the, the world and working eighteen hours a day. They're like, no, I work like four to eight hours a day, work from home. I was like, that sounds perfect. Well, how do I do this? So that's what I I did for the next ten years uh, was brokering domain names. You, you'd search people that had valuable domains. Um, I tracked them down because a lot of people had um, fake information listed. Um, but I would, I would, I was known as tracker and, uh, I'd track these people down and make them, uh, less than market offer because, you know, no one else had found them right? and buy the name off them and flip, flip the domain to, uh, to someone else or put it into my own inventory. And over the years, um, the names that I could put into my own inventory got better and better. Um, so logo.com is one face.com is another rides.com hockey.com uh, resume.com and so oh, wow a number of years ago we we set up resume.com um, as a business and you know built it up over over seven years to have four million users 10 employees and then we sold it to indeed.com 
Um, and at the same time, concurrent with Resume, I had actually started up a, a, a domain name conference called Namescom, uh, which we built up and sold off. And that, that actually went and became part of the uh, GoDaddy family, yeah. um, which I think has now, uh, has now been spun off again. Um, but going through that process um, really opened my eyes to what it is, what the difference is between, you know, being an entrepreneur, working for yourself, or building a business that you are completely separate from, and it entirely um, operates without you. And sometimes it operates even more successfully after you've sold it um, because of the, uh, you know, strategic buyer um, who, who can who can take it to that next level. And so um, when we, after we sold resume and we had already sold the conference, um, my business partner and I took a break for a summer and then we came back and then looked at our inventory and said, okay, you know, we've had all of these domains and ideas percolating, which is the one that we see the most promise with. And logo.com was one that um, I'd been fairly passionate about for about three or four years leading up to that point. And so we dusted that off and jumped into basically doing what we knew worked um, with resume.com and with the, with the conference and doing it again with logo.com. And, and that's what we did. We launched that in, uh, in early 2019. Um, and we're, I still feel like we're, we're learning. Um, but, you know, if you search logo on Google, um, we're going to come out on top. So, um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing pretty, something right. Yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. And, uh, what, what was the stuff, what was the thing you mentioned for the domains and the, uh, I mean, the resume and then the domain conference, what were those things that you got right? Like, I just find it fascinating that there's sort of parallels to other things, you know, you'd never would have thought, Oh, well, I buy and sell domains. And you're like, okay, well, what is that supposed to mean? It feels like a broker type thing. But what, what were some of those things that transferred between all those? Because that I find that really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very good question. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people get on shows and podcasts and they they talk about how well they do. I mean, gosh, you you know, think about like someone like Richard Branson. It's like anything he touches turns to gold. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, the, the reality is, you know, I, I'm open and honest. Like, um, I, I lost a $4 million company because of stupidity and naivety. And, you know, gosh, I wish I had someone guiding me back then that I wouldn't have lost that company. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's not just what did you do right. It's like, what did you avoid doing? Right. <laughs> to, that would, that would put a, a wrench in your, in your bicycle spokes. Um, so yeah, the, the thing that I think we we've done right is we've started our businesses with an exit in mind. And so we're not just starting these up as a side project and it's like, Oh, this would be cool if this works out. It's like, no, when you're starting it, we're like, what would an eventual buyer want to see? And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like having the IRS or the CRA watching you when you're doing your tax return. Right. Imagine that the, the IRS agent is sitting right next to you when you're filling in the form. Well, it changes your attitude. Right. And so when you when you you're starting your business and you're going through those those startup phases and you imagine, OK, in four years or in two years or in five years, I'm going to need to produce this into a document 
um, you know, Dropbox um, for a buyer to review. So how does that affect you today? Well, it, it, it does affect you. You know, you're making sure all of the fonts that you're using are licensed, right? We see competitors of ours using unlicensed fonts. That's it's mind blowing to me because they'll never be able to sell their business. Or yeah. if they do, oh, it interesting. would be a huge discount, right? And 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 what what hold on, unlicensed fonts like non like you know, there's Google fonts, is that yeah. So Google fonts is is you know kind of the savior for everyone because right. they're open source, there's no um they, and you can use them for commercial, but there's a lot of great looking fonts that are designed by hardworking graphic designers. And if you don't license their font properly from them and you then use it in a business card that you sell to a, to a customer and then that customer, you know, puts it on their vans and on their letterhead on their storefront and they haven't, the graphic designer hasn't been paid for that. Well, that's unethical. Number one, it's illegal. Number two, right. And it opens you up to a lawsuit. Wow. The chances of it happening as a lawsuit are small. Right. 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 If you're, if you're someone like, you know, Let's say you're 99 designs and you're looking at buying a local maker and you're like, well, you haven't licensed all of these fonts and you've got them used by what? 20,000 customers. Well, that's, it's just mind boggling. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. You know, but like when you, when you have a contractor and you're just having them do some work for you on Fiverr, well, it's great in the early days, but if that becomes a core part of your business and you don't have the paperwork properly um done well that can be a huge um you know uh a speed bump in the in the sales yeah. process when and someone too, says hey sure. um you know you need to to contact this person this freelancer that you used three years ago because you're still using their code and they you never got um clarity on who owns that code well are they still on fiverr can you find them do they now say, oh, you know what? That's going to be $20,000. And you're like, well, I paid you $200 for this work. Well, what's it worth to you? Well, yeah, I can tell you. It probably is worth $20,000. So get that stuff cleaned up in the in the beginning. Um, you know, make sure your employees are treated right, that they've got employment agreements, contractors have agreements, just everything. If it doesn't happen on paper, <laughs> you know, on paper, I mean digital paper, Right. Um, it's it's not there, and the the due diligence questions are long and detailed. You know, you can have three hundred and fifty, uh, you know, a three hundred and fifty line spreadsheet. Each line, each row is a question about your business, and you have to be prepared to answer that. So make sure that you aren't skipping, um, you know, corners, cutting corners in the early days because it can come back to bite you. It's not, it's not that it will prevent you from being sold, but it will allow them to um, use leverage to lower your price. Wow. Huh. Never would have thought of that, especially using Fiverr, you know, or, you know, Upwork or whatever. You know, you, you got to, especially if it's going to be core to your business. Yeah. You got to get the paperwork squared yeah. away. Yeah. If, if it's something mild, if it's something that you're just going to use for six months or um, you know, it's some it's some marketing material that you're just going to use for a little for a short time. It's not as, as big a deal. But if you know, we we have contractors come in. They do they'll do a two week project that's covered by a twelve page agreement. You know, 
it's um, it's important to to make sure that that's done. But you know, come back to your to your original question: what kind of um, ties all of these things together? You know, I've had time to reflect on that. I I had cancer when I was thirty, um, and I wow. went from from working eighteen hours a day to to working you know a regular eight to ten hours a day, and um, you know, it it was a, a miracle. I had I had told been told that I had eighteen months to live, and that I'd never leave the hospital. And so, uh, wow. I'm I'm a, a you know I'm very fortunate individual. I feel like I've got a second um, chance. Did you life. have what was it leukemia or lymphoma? Uh, it was colon cancer. Colon cancer. Yeah, and um, you know it was wow. genetic, um, and I was told that I had a. Uh, um, Eighty percent chance that it would reoccur within five years, and a fifty percent chance that it would kill me. So I'm like, okay, Oof. so I've got forty percent chance I'm going to die in the next five years. Right? Wow. Just like, yeah. <laughs> and my mom, my mom had colon cancer. Oh, sorry to hear. Yeah, and my my late wife Jane had leukemia. She died oh. five and a half years ago from it. Wow, so I'm so sorry, man. Yeah, that cancer stuff is no joke, man. Exactly. I can only imagine how it must have felt, especially young. She was, she was thirty. 34 wow. when she got diagnosed and you were 30 when you got I mean colon yeah. cancer is normally a old person like my exactly. mom got diagnosed when she was 76 77 I mean you know she yeah. was older but wow. still man like it's, it, hard. it's it's interesting how life becomes extremely clear yeah <laughs> right I mean you know my wife was named Jane her, her you know she uh her, her the clarity of that going through that was just like, yeah, I, yeah. I hope I never have to go through the cancer stuff. Yeah. But if I ever did, I, one, I hope I handle it the way she did. Cause she handled mm. it with grace and poise and just wow. was really stellar. And two, I, the way I think of it, and I, I love your thought on this, like every day is a gift. Like, oh, what gosh. am I going to use today for? Yeah. Even if I lounge around and watch Netflix all day, <laughs> that's the way I wanted to use that day. So that's the way I think. But I'm curious if that's what what the epiphany was for you. You're like, oh gosh, I better. Yeah, what do you, think? you know, I mean, do you, do you, you know? It was very very sobering because you know my um, my wife and I we just moved to a new country. Our, my son um, was three months old. You know, didn't really have insurance and. Uh, yeah, it, it was like, you know, that, that's why when I came back after losing, that's why I sold the company in mm. such a rush. Yeah. Um, which, which you know, we did do our due diligence properly, understandably. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, like uh, <laughs> that $4 million, you know, loss, quote unquote. Yeah. I don't know. You got your life. Right. <laughs> Maybe that was it. You never yeah. know. right? I, I moved to California and I was working 35, 40 hours a week. Honestly, it felt like a vacation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I could do 35 hours with my eyes closed. Like it was going from a hundred hours a week to 35. Yeah. Um, and you know, so, um, yeah, then, then hearing that, Hey, there's a way to, to, to still work and provide for your family. Um, and, and stay at home with the family instead of, you know, right. Um, working across three time zones, managing, you know, dozens of employees. And so it was fantastic. And that's why I spent the next, you know, 10 plus years doing that. Yeah. Um, and wow. yeah, it was, uh, was a fantastic, um, a fantastic time after that. Just, you know, having, having that, uh, 
you know, I had colonoscopies every six months, um, but having the time um, um, after having been told that, you know, hey, you're going to die. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's pretty. It's amazing. I remember. I remember being, I mean, I was in the room when mm. obviously when they told her and I, I, I know how I felt about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's just one of the words you just never want to hear. No, no. It felt like an out of body experience, honestly. Yeah. It just yeah. didn't feel real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's like you're, it, it was amazing because you know, we had gone in on the day after Christmas and I just remember they're like, well, you have to stay here. I'm like, why? I'm like, well, we got to do a bone marrow, bot, whatever. I'm like, ah, it's probably just a flu. If something's going on. This was in December. Right. Mm. And that Monday her oncologist walked in, you know, this young guy and like almost I think probably a year or two older than her, if that right wow. young guy. And I just never, I mean, I've seen, I saw her break down before, but Mm. I just remember her holding my hand. Yeah. Like she was going to break my hand. That's how like she was really. And I'm like, I do not know what to do. Wow. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's the way your wife felt too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, oh, and you know, and she was at home with her three month old. And Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had to call her. It was Man. really hard. Well, I'm glad you survived. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure they yeah. are too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to but, bring the room room yeah. down, but no, I mean, it's important. I mean, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because I think as entrepreneurs, we tend to get so fixated on, to your mm -hmm. point, you know, this rat race where I like your attitude about this is the outcome I want. I'm going to work towards that, but I'm not going to literally kill myself doing it because that's right. you don't clearly you've proven you don't need to do that obviously right right, right. Interesting. yeah and you know i mean life is what you make it right that's my true, wife true. has really opened my eyes to that it's like you know um you can choose to live in new york and and pay that that kind of rent and, and we live in vancouver which is expensive for canada but it's not that expensive relative to like la or san francisco or hong kong so you know, and being online, right? All of my income is online. So then you choose to live where you want to live. And, you know, the Canadian dollar has always been better um, in terms of earning in the US and spending in Canada. Um, and so sure. you, um, work, work becomes what you want it to be. And life should be like that. You know, you, life is too short to work for a bad boss. Um, so don't do it, you know, just make a change. And, and in the U S um, even more so than any other country I've seen. And, you know, I, I say that even though I'm Canadian, but I've lived in the U S and a lot of my friends are in the U S and I think most of your listeners are in the U S um, you have the opportunity, you know, like, to, you know, we always talk about like the American dream, but, but beyond that in the United States, you have the opportunity to move. Um, you don't quite have that same, like if you're in the UK, I'm, I'm born in the UK and we we're talking about this with a friend earlier today. If you're in the UK and you're living in a small town, your only real option is to move to London. Yeah. It's not to move to another small town. It's, yeah. They're not quite as accepting. In the US, 
you can move from one small town to another small town. There's there's towns that will pay you to move. Yeah, there's some in right? there's some in Kansas that'll do that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you know, if you're running, if you're killing yourself, and you're like, oh, I can't, I can't watch my business, I can't do this side, I can't take my my side project and make it because I I've got these car payments, I got the house payments, I got no, you don't. Life is what you define it to be. You can you have the opportunity in the United States to move to. Tulsa, move to Kansas, Atlanta, or Atlanta, right? Move yeah, wherever you New want Orleans, that yeah. will afford you the freedom to um, lower your your um, your monthly um, commitments, and then uh, you know work for a better boss, work for yourself, or build a business. Those are three different things, but you have the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, so you know, yeah. I mean, I come back to. What ties my my businesses together? Whether it's the um, the, the domain name conference, the resume.com business where we help people get their resumes built online, or logo.com currently, it's about helping people. So what what I focused on is you know life is about relationships. <laughs> That's what something I've really really learned. Uh, life is about relationships. At the end of the day, right when you're going to someone's celebration of life and about to you know, put them in, in, in the ground or put them into cremation, the number of people that come to the ceremony or the party um, is, it, it matters, but it's also the depth of those relationships, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was recently at a celebration of life for a friend's father, and I was talking with my wife and I'm like, you know, I don't want it like this. I want there to be a live DJ. I want mm. there to be an open bar. I want there to be a party, right? I want people. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's what we did for Jane. That's, that's amazing, what we did for right? Jane. Yeah, she. Uh, there was more people at the her celebration of life than our wedding. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, she, she. You know, I don't drink anymore. I, I used to drink. I don't drink anymore. Yeah, part of it was dealing with her dying and all. But I remember. Yeah, she had. Uh, she was pretty specific about what she wanted. <laughs> uh, we didn't have it. Did we have a DJ? I don't remember if we had a DJ or not. But we had like a scotch tasting, and <laughs> she loved ice cream. So we had this like ice cream bar, and our favorite. You know, we 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 did a lot of PR and marketing work. So one of the people that used to do all our events catered it. Yeah. You know, we had it this beautiful thing. I, but I, that was a tough day. It oh. was interesting because the. There's a lot of love in the room, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of sadness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember thinking, like to your point about like the celebration, the depth, and I looked around and I said, I wonder if I, when I die, if this many people will show up, you know? Right. Yeah. And to your point about relationships and, you know, depth or whatever, like making an impact, that, that that's mm-hmm. the thing I really keyed on because she made an impact. Yeah. You know, I, I even get a little choked up Absolutely. talking about it. But um, she made a huge impact yeah. in her short time. She died when she was 36. So wow. that impact, I'm th- every day I'm thinking, okay, what impact can I make? You know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's p- part of the reason I'm writing a memoir about that experience too. Yeah. To sort of help people, you know, deal with yeah. it. Because it was really lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. I don't even want to. No, no. But. You know, one day we're all going to die. Yeah, it's <laughs> can't true. help that. It's, it's terminal. True, right? Life's terminal. 
but yeah. how you how you spend right in between, yeah. which I think you quickly keyed on in a yeah, you know, I mean, in some ways for me, it was a blessing, right? Because that happened when I was 30 instead of, you know, when I'm 50, right? And then for a lot of people, I think it does, especially for men, I think a, a lot of uh, men, you know, when you hit your your 50s, which I'm, I'm 52 now, uh, yeah, yeah, that's 51. when you start to be like, what the hell have I just been doing for the last 30 years, <laughs> right? It feels that way, doesn't it, huh? But, you know, and, I mean, yeah. um, with my kids, like... Um, so when they were, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, um, we went on family um, vacations to Europe for 70 days um, a summer, right? Wow. That's, that's unreal. Like people, yeah. I, I've read books where people are like, oh, this is a trip of a lifetime. And it was six weeks. I'm, six weeks? I did 10 weeks, three years in a row, right? Yeah. But if I hadn't have had that experience when I was 30, there's no way I would have. Right. It took years to build up to be able to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but um, again, it's a choice. You don't have to stay at all the top. This is not a, like a four seasons. Um, but no, it's, it's no, no, no. Right? I don't think right? you could do that. That'd be a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your family, your family measures um, love and time. So it's um, ah, what's that? What's that? that? You know, it's like, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. Yeah. Um, or the, yeah, the other, the other one I had a boss that would always say, you can print money, but you can't print time. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, the most valuable resource you have is your yeah. time and yeah. freedom. Mm -hmm. This is the thing about entrepreneurship that I never quite got until I talked with uh, Jason Cohen, who's mm -hmm. the founder, one of the founder, CTO and founder of WP Engine, among other things. Yeah. And he's just like, build an independent life that completes you. Yeah. To being an entrepreneur, the independent part yeah. <laughs> is the freedom part, right? <laughs> and the freedom, you don't really, I don't know how to put this, but freedom is a very important, if, if you value freedom, being an entrepreneur is for you. Yeah. If you can't handle the ups and downs and the fluctuations, obviously, if, right. you know, it's not about the money. Yeah. It, it, it just like you're never yeah. going to get rich. I mean, it's it's you sometimes do. Yeah. But if you get into it for that, I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah. it sounds like you've been doing pretty well with all these things, but you know what I mean? It's yeah, like it's feast and famine, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I I can't get a bank loan. Can you believe that? I'm 52. Wow. I'm I, wow. my house is paid off, but I can't get a bank loan. I get a wow. lot of credit on, you know, the secured by 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 real estate, but in terms of like getting a bank loan, it's like, what do you do? Oh, I pull rabbits out of the hat, right? And that's not, that's not, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you own your own business? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> I know, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. It's like the yeah. value I create in the world and you won't yeah. give me a loan. I, I always <laughs> found that fascinating, just, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, you, the, you know, you always live below your means, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I feel like I should, would be writing a, a book for my kids and, and letting share it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I've had a, a definitely a, a unique opportunity in having had that um, life changing event in when I was 30 and then having the um, opportunities I have had since then. Um, and yeah, and building the business. And the, I, I like to build businesses where the center of it, isn't a transaction, but it's um, someone was telling me um, that, you know, when someone pays you, it's a thank you 
for the value you, you have delivered to them. Interesting. So if you're not delivering value to, to them, don't take their money. Interesting. Right. Like and so excellent um, idea. Yeah. In the resume business, uh, when we were, we were we were doing what everyone else was doing, you know, building a resume builder, signing people up. Um, it was a freemium product, um, and then signing people up to a subscription. And if if people didn't um, like the service or wanted to cancel our competitors, um, you know, it was it was like canceling a gym membership. You know, just like you must submit this in writing by registered mail, blah blah blah. We took the Zappos effect, you know, attitude. It's like you don't like our, you don't want the thing, or you accidentally subscribe. We'll just refund your money. We don't want it. Like it's yeah. no, no sense of of negativity is worth keeping your sixty dollars. Like we just yeah. don't want it. If you're not yeah. wanting to give us, if you don't want us to have that money as a thank you, we don't want your money. And um, and you know, we 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 built um, resume up around that and. We're doing the wow. same with logo. What's it? We have a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. There's there's no catches there. There's no. Yeah. It's not like hey, you must do it within thirty days. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like so. When we get a chargeback, I'm like, there's no way this person has read our website or contacted our support because we would have given them a refund if they if they don't want us to have their money. We don't want it. Right. Right. So you don't need to go and do a chargeback. It's like. Yeah. Did you talk to anyone here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, a lot of it's fascinating you bring that up about the whole thank the the money is just a thank you for the value as opposed to your you know you deserve it or whatever. I mean, yeah. I think more and more online, it's it's a bit easier to do. I mean, I mean, it's easier to do for like any business, but. Mm-hmm. I know always dealing with some that are a little more, I wouldn't say nefarious, but you know, it's like the train, it's a transactional thing as opposed to a relationship thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I, always found the relationships just much stronger when it's the money comes after. I don't, I don't know how yeah. to put it. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, with the conference business, you're building a relationship because you mm. want the conference attendees to come back uh, every year and you want your sponsors to come back every year. With resume.com, we knew that people would, um, you know, high schoolers would come, they'd, they'd create a resume for free, and then they would come back two years later when they were halfway through college, then when they graduated. And along that step, each step, they're more and more valuable, right? And so at no point do we ever want to tick them off because we're building a relationship with them. When they come in and they're in grade 11, it's like, yeah, come on in. Everything's free. Right, we're not, we don't want your money, right? When you're when you're graduating from college, yeah, come on. We'd like if you can if you can afford it, please pay. You know, you're four years into your career, please. You know, you should be paying. You should, yeah. You should if you got a oh, job, yeah. You yeah. Should. But we knew that the um, the the buy the the seller, um, sorry, the buyer of a resume would be someone who wouldn't charge for what we were charging for. Because the value in this user is them. It's not yeah. the, the service they're consuming. And so when Indeed bought resume.com, the first thing they did was turn off the paywall and then open it all the premium features to the other 99% of the people. So if you were in grade 11, you were now you know, getting the a resume that other people had been paying $30 a month for. Wow. Because Indeed is like, 
we want this person to, to you know, they, their resume is going to live on resume.com for the rest of their career. And imagine like we can then, you know, um, tell them, hey, these are jobs that are available. Yeah. And when they, when they click through on those jobs, then the employer who is seeking the job seeker pays, right? They don't want any money coming from the job seeker. And we're like, we know that's what should happen, but we can't afford to do that. Yeah, because you don't have the other side. So we sold it to Indeed, and then they've taken it and run. I think they're at like 10 million resumes. Uh, wow. And, and growing quickly. Impressive. So, and that's, that's impressive. the same thing we, we feel with Logo.com. is like It does what it says on the box, right? Same with resume, right? You go to Logo.com, you're going to get a logo. <laughs> it's, it's simple. Yeah. And, and it's going to take 20 minutes, right? It's not going to take three weeks, right? We, we know all of the conversations that happen around logo design and we've like squished it down um, into algorithms. And, you know, we've got a full-time team onshore working on it. But what, what we did a shift three months ago is we know that the value of the relationship there is not just getting a logo, but it's like helping an entrepreneur at the beginning of their journey, gaining their trust, showing that we're authentic people, and then being able to provide them with additional services that have been vetted. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, whether that is an incorporation, whether that's a, um, a business credit card, business cards, stickers, software to help them courses, you know, these are all things that aren't on the site right now. Yeah, but will be soon. Right? But, but like, will be. Yeah. And and so that's where we see the value. So we're like, you know what? Let's just give the logo away for free. Right? Our competitors are charging $100. We'll give it to you for free. Because what that's what Indeed did with resume.com, right? It's like the person is looking for a resume, give them the resume. And then we'll 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 make our money off them some other way. Or or you know, there's yeah. It's like the people that have the money should be able to spend the money. If you don't have the money yet, that's, I mean, right. starting a business money's tight. I get that, exactly. right? And, well, it was interesting because I interviewed the CEO of a company called Caro, C-A-R-R-O. It's getcaro.com. Yep. And it's all about selling things together. And this is mostly for e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's just fascinating because it's like, an, it's a Shopify plugin kind of thing. Right. His thesis, which I think is actually pretty sound, is like if you are an, a brand or an influencer and you have your own shop, and let's just say he used the example of bikes. Let's say you sell the best electric bike on the planet, hands down. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know that when someone buys a bike, they're going to buy a helmet and a lock and accessories. But the problem you have is like, I know electric bikes, I don't know accessories. I do not want to have to figure that all out. Right. His hypothesis was, well, just go partner with people that have done that. And then basically you're selling bundles and it's in your store, lives in your store, their stuff. So yeah. you build, to your point, a kind of an ecosystem of people that are helping each other. And it's curated, quote unquote, curated by what you trust. So, and I said, hey, does, can you do this for B2B? <laughs> right. And he's like, oh, our phone's blowing up over that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I paraphrase, but yeah. For, to your point about what you're doing at logo.com, I mean, just imagine having a similar thing where indeed 
wants the resumes because people are the people with the money that are searching for candidates, but there's gotta be an ecosystem around that. Right. Right. Same with a business. That's one thing that's always like legal zoom was another good example of like, it had all these things, but like, you wouldn't want to do that. You'd just want to, as an example, have that in your store. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, uh, you know, logo.com in a nutshell, right. It's just like helping people out um, for free when they, they don't have the money. Like, as you say, they, they're, they're penny pinching at the beginning of their journey. So it's like, well, we don't want to be like, Hey, come on, give us another $40. It's like, come on. Our relationship is worth more than that. Right. We're going to, we're, we're going to help you in, in cutting through the noise. And, you know, um, both James and I, my business partner, we've, we've, been doing this our entire lives in terms of starting up businesses. So we're like, we know what is needed. We know what is helpful. And so if we can connect um, our users with those things, then um, it's, it's just a a win, win, win for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Wow. Never thought of it that way. You know, because see, one of the things that is so fascinating about Caro is that, more and more like advertising as an example, you know, they'll always have advertising, but with all this like uh, GDPR cookie apocalypse, as they say, you know, (laughs) people are need to build relate. I mean, fundamentally business about relationships, right? You do, you do business with people you trust. That's been that way for millennia. It's not nothing new. Social media, digital ads amplified that growth tack that because they could do all sorts of shenanigans that honestly you never signed up for. Like I didn't sign up for someone to share my information. It just happened. Yeah. In fact, I was listening to a podcast about that. Um, yeah. This one called the No Hype Podcast, right? And so it's coming back down to relationships, right? And trust yeah. and earning that trust. And I think what you guys are doing at Logo.com seems like just such a great approach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Build that no, I, trust, you know. Um, you know, you, you brought up a really good point. Like um the business is based on and relationships where you, you're doing business with people you trust. And that's really why um the conference that I, I started in what 2013 um did so well because you know it was a it was a conference about buying and selling domain names, right? So it's everyone in the domain industry. It's hard to call it an industry because it's so small. Right. That's the registrars, the registries, the web hosts, the brokers, the investors, et cetera. And, you know, people, there are some people in, in, the, in the business and they, they work from home and they never leave and that works for them. But, um, you know, the, one of the guys in the business, um, he came, he would buy one-way tickets to the conference, to, to the various conferences. And he would buy a one-way ticket he would have a ton of meetings and then he would leave the conference and go to the city where of his of his you know biggest lead or or most exciting project that he's talked to because when you're at a conference you meet people you come up and you're like oh yeah yeah we should do something blah blah, blah. and then inevitably it ends with okay well we'll talk online and, you know you get back from the conference your inbox is full you know a couple somebody emails you about it and you're like oh yeah that was a cool idea but you know i've just got all this stuff to get through whereas this guy would 
come in to your door on Monday and be like, yeah, I know you got lots to do, but let's go for lunch. Right. And you. Wow. Or the whole like, Oh yeah. This. Hey, I'll be in Kansas city tomorrow yeah, next week. Exactly. And he wow. got these deals done and deals yeah. done and deals done. He, he uh, is one of the most successful guys I know in, in the business. And, but what he does is he builds that relationship and builds that trust face to face, which is even more important when you're um, when 90, 90% of your competitors are just, you know, LinkedIn spamming, you yeah. know, you don't even know if the picture of the person who's there is yeah. the person and then they connect you. And then, but really you're talking to their boss and they were just a, they were paid by a lead they're gen. Like av- yeah. They're it's like, like an avatar. Yeah. Right. It's like, come on. I, I, I want to break bread with you. I want to look you in the eyes. Um, and I want to build a relationship. Um, it, it's, it's super important. And even more so in today's world, you know, people are like, oh, you can just do everything on, on Zoom. It's like, you can't, you cannot. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I use Zoom. I, I pay for Zoom. <laughs> you know, As but, we're uh, recording on Zoom right now. <laughs> but, but it's not the, uh, it, it's not the end all be all. It does not replace um, human relationship at the end of the day. Wow. Well, I think that's a great place to end. Richard, such a fascinating conversation. Really appreciate your time. So inspired by your attitude. I'm so glad you pushed through the cancer and just the life lessons are, I mean, really inspired. So thanks again. Stay safe. And I can't wait to see how much more what logo.com balloons into. Thank you very much. And thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, I think it was uh, a really, really, really good conversation to have. Thanks, Richard, for the uh, enlightening and heartwarming uh, interview. And um, yeah, it's just, just a true pleasure to talk with you. And uh, really, really, really great what you're doing over at Logo.com, trying to help companies as they grow. So as promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from my interview with Richard. Richard learned from his experience, it's important to do your due diligence from the very beginning. Given the example of using fonts that aren't licensed, even such minor seeming issues can make a difference if and when you eventually sell your business. So yeah, the whole idea of move fast and break things um, is fine, but when you're going into diligence or you're gonna quote unquote grow up, you need to get your house in order. And getting your house in order means making sure that you can actually legally use stuff. So ask yourself questions like, do I really have the license for that? What are the terms of me using something or my company using something? Do I Did I get everyone to sign that they actually assign stuff to the company? That, that's happened to me before. So just make sure that as time goes on, it's not something anyone likes to do, but um, that diligence and getting the ducks in a line and, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's makes all the difference as you mature. Business is about relationships. Richard believes that people pay you in gratitude for being given something of value. If the customer doesn't believe he receives something of value, then he doesn't want to take their money. For making connections in business, he also believes strongly in face-to-face interactions. Yeah, um, this is an interesting one because... I think you always have to come in with the attitude in anything you sell that if the customer is not happy, I mean, just give them their money back. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to 
you know, continue on something that's not working or have that bad blood, I guess would be the word. Um, so, you know, people give money back guarantees, 30 day money back guarantees. And in some cases, you know, I've, I've had situations where I actually just didn't like working with the company or the person. I just said, no, here you go. Take it. I don't want to deal with you anymore. And I think that's also valid. So ask yourself questions about, you know, what's my return policy? How am I going to make the value of what I'm doing to the customer above and beyond what they pay, right? I mean, I think it is about relationships and, you know, and I do agree face-to-face is the, is, accelerates those relationships if you can do it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good point. Richard's own brush with cancer has helped him reevaluate what's truly important in life. Quote, unquote, Life is too short to work for a bad boss, Richard says. He notes that particularly in the U.S., most people have the freedom to move somewhere where the cost of living is lower or where they can find a better opportunity. With so many opportunities available online, there is no excuse for not building a life that you love. Yeah, um, as most of you know, I have some experience with this with my late wife, Jane, uh, about the um, importance and the value of every day that you have. And to a certain degree, yeah, I mean, it's life's not worth it. Life's too short. Your time is very precious. So really evaluate if you are working for a bad boss or if you're doing something you don't want to do, why am I doing this? What am I learning? Do I really need to do this? How How am I positioning myself for the future? Does it make me miserable? Because again, you, once that day is gone, you don't get it back. So very powerful and profound. And I'm so glad he brought that up. And we got to talk a little bit about that because not a lot of people talk about those struggles and challenges. It's it's not always rainbows and unicorns and startup land. It's It never is. Um, and it's good to have some perspective on that. So there you have it. The actionable insights I learned from my interview with Richard. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.